We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me is always Jack Manuel and Jack. We're talking about a Nets loss to the Memphis Grizzlies, 124-134. How are we feeling? In a game where Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving score 37 points apiece and the Nets still lose by 10. It has you scratching your head, Nick, but there were a lot of problems tonight. Yeah, there was. We're going to jump into that and plenty more. Make sure you check the Buzz on all streaming platforms. But Jack, in your eyes, what was the biggest problem for the Nets tonight? Fouls. Fouls, 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 fouls. And the backup center play, probably not hitting the three ball as well. That certainly yep. did stick out. The Nets were 9 of 29 from three, only 31% from there. Royce and O'Neal had a given Royce O'Neal wide open looks and he couldn't knock him down. Yeah, he was only 2 of 7 tonight. And then he sort of had a, a semi-open look to sort of keep the game in within a bit of a chance of the Nets. But he gave it up to Patty for a, a contested three and he missed that one. You know, we had Kyrie Irving going 2 of 6, Kevin Durant going 1 of 3, Royce Neal going 2 of 7, Joe Harris going 2 of 7, Patty Mills going 2 of 4. So when you've got a decent amount of solid three-point shooters, but then lineups where they were clogged still when you're playing sharp alongside Ben Simmons or you're playing clacks alongside Ben Simmons, it, it, it makes the nature of those threes harder to hit. Where you got Desmond Bain, Ja Morant, and you know, all these other guys who have a bit more space out there because it's basically Brandon Clark and, and Stephen Adams are the sort of lone big and, and lone non-spaces. The Nets looked better when they had greater spacing. The Nets looked better when Ben Simmons was driving, but yeah, but there's probably a Ben Simmons conversation to be had as well, Nick, because he was pretty pitiful again. He took a step backwards tonight. He had probably one or two moments that I was just like, okay, there's something there. But then it was like one step forward, two steps back. So a, a lot of issues tonight, Nick. You know, four fouls for Kevin Durant, four fouls for Nick Claxton, fouled out Ben Simmons, four fouls for Joe Harris, five fouls for Dayron Sharp. It was just fouls, 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 fouls. Yeah, in a game in which you know you're going to have to play physical and match Memphis, obviously some of the calls didn't go in their favor, but there were enough dumb fouls in this game by the Nets that kind of helped add to the problem. Obviously, there were some ticky-tacky calls, which are aggravating given the play of Memphis. But overall, like you said, you know, a lot of times got them in the bonus or got them in situations where they were getting to the free throw line. The Nets just couldn't defend tonight. You know, I think it's really that simple. They were typically out of position, a lot of miscommunication, and giving up looks to 
specific players in which you didn't want to give up looks to. You know, Desmond Bain had 11 three-point attempts, and at least nine of them were pretty open. You know, I would consider them open shots. And 8 of 11, obviously, that's an outlier. He's a great three-point shooter, but at the end of the day, the Nets did a bad job reacting to his hot play, and a lot of that was miscommunications. Royce O'Neal, Nick Claxton, Kyrie Irving, whoever it was, guys didn't make an effort to get to him when really... Yeah, guys shot well for the Grizzlies, but they're not dead-eye shooters like Desmond Bain is. Going to this game, if one guy was going to pop off from three, it was going to be him. It was easily going to be him, and it was it was striking, Nick, because I think Royston was a big culprit of, tonight, of it yeah. tonight. I thought he had his worst offensive performance as a Brooklyn man. I thought okay. that he... Yeah, he 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 got cooked. He was, you know, obviously offensively didn't have much of an impact either. But you know, he had a couple of blocks and a steal. I thought, you know, Kyrie Irving was okay. He had two steals and two blocks. But you look beyond the stocks. I thought Nick Claxton, for the most part, was really good defensively. I thought he was, you know, alongside Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, one of the best players. But you'll get into the individual dive deeps on deep dives. Sorry, on the on the player recaps. But yeah, miscommunications are plenty. The the switching, as you alluded to early in the game. You know, it was despite the fact that the Nets were up by you know, 15 or so at the half, they still gave up. No, sorry, by five at the half, they still gave up 64 points. They saw yep. 69 themselves in a half of basketball where everything was quite good offensively, but defensively there was still a lot of misgivings. And I think that that is going to take a little bit of work. And Jacques Vaughn Highest paid assistant in the NBA or one of, if that, um, surely has to do something in relation to that. I think the players, you know, have to take the the fair blunt of the brunt of the blame. I think when it comes to switching, it requires more a better team defense, increased communication, and that's where the Nets really did fail tonight. In a chance, in a game that I think that they had a really good chance of winning, and I think for large portions of the game, if the game had have gone for another five minutes or so, you know, the Nets could have won it. It was just a game of probably more extended runs than what we saw against the Raptors. And I thought the Nets played better for quarters. But when you're giving up 39 points in the opening quarter and 45 points in the third to 28, that that quarter alone, you know, the, the Nets gave like, they, were, they started one to six and the, the, the Grizzlies started five of eight in, in the first sort of three or four minutes. Kevin Durant had 17 points in that quarter. They had 17 fouls in seven minutes. That yeah. third quarter... Might have been the reason why the Nets lost as well. Obviously yeah, that's the, the reason they lost, Jack. I mean, they lost the quarter by what, 17 points? Yep. And like you said, it was just very poor play. And uh, Memphis came out of the half with great energy, and the Nets did not. Steve Nash took that early timeout, which I thought was a good timeout, but it didn't do anything because, like you said, and you listed all the issues they had in that quarter. And when you're losing quarters, when you're giving, allowing anybody to score 40 points, over 35 points in a quarter, that is just absolutely terrible. Occasionally, it'll happen. A team will get hot. But this wasn't them just getting hot. The Nets never really made Memphis uncomfortable offensively, even with them having you know limited pieces. You know, obviously, Jaron Jackson's still out. Zyar Williams still out. Like, there's there's still missing pieces. Uh, D- Dylan Brooks shot horrendous. He helped the Nets in this game too at 13.05 from three. And his couldn't guard KD. He talked. He's talked his trash. But Dylan Brooks, know your role, mate. Like if you're gonna talk trash, at least put something up on the other end. You can't talk to the king like KD like that. You just you just not. It sort of revs Kevin Durant up, and he was sensational. And in that quarter, Nick. 17.78 from the field. And the Nets themselves, you know, I took the sort of note from the Yes Network. They they started 8 of 12 
with about two and a half minutes to go. But Memphis took eight extra shots. They took yep. 20 shots and hit 12 of those. You're giving another team extra possessions with you know offensive rebounds and, and with you know uh, just poor defense and just not being able to get up your own shots and giving them a billion free throws and, and a million fouls. And the refs were on their bird box shit tonight. You know, and <laughs> for those that haven't seen the Netflix movie or the memes, you know, go back to 2020. It's a, it's a revelation in the pandemic era. But they were pitiful out there, as you alluded to on your timeline as well, Nick. Wasn't the reason why the Nets lost, but it certainly didn't help either. Yeah, 100%. Especially the foul in which Ben Simmons fouled out on. I think, you know, as much as Ben wasn't great tonight, to call that in this situation, the level in which this game was played, and just like knowing he has five fouls, like that is just a terrible call. Because if you're calling that, you could call Dylan Brooks every single play for holding Kevin Durant and holding Kyrie Irving, and they didn't. So, I think it was just really aggravating from that aspect. But like you said, Jack, Memphis had, you know, when the, when the Nets finished with 87 shot attempts, Memphis with 94. Memphis also had thir- uh, 31 free throw attempts, and the Nets had 26. So that alone is just telling you about the difference in possessions. And if you're not winning other categories in the game, in which they didn't, because what Memphis cooked them probably from the three-point line, it's tough to win. We kind of went over this after the first game of the season. If you're not winning at least a couple categories – you're not going to win the game. Yeah, and it wasn't a rebounding sort of issue. Yes, Steven Adams is out there. He's a big bruiser and stuff. But, you know, the Nets were hung, hung in well enough and, and rebounded well enough as a team. Kyrie Irving deserves a lot of credit for that, for having eight boards himself. I thought that his you'll, – you'll dive into it, but I want to give myself a little mini recaps before I have to go, Nick. I thought Kyrie Irving, you know, he had – if we, if I'm giving like an out of ten sort of rating, I thought he was like eight to eight and a half. I thought he was really really good tonight, and he was tremendous in in some of his shot making. But I also do think he was just trying to lift the team. He looked engaged. He looked like he's got sort of taken on a bit of Kevin Durant's sort of fu attitude a little bit more, yep. more so than the sort of like cool sage Kyrie, which is sort of like you know. It, what he normally is, he's sort of just like a bit more effortless, whereas it's like he has this, I know, this element of physicality and, 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 and purpose that I've seen to start the season, which I'm really enjoying to watch. And uh, he was you know, a massive for the Nets tonight. And we sort of said this about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in the past, you know, it'll get lost to, because to the, to the, uh, to the ether because of the fact that the Nets lost this game, but they were both incredible tonight. Yeah, this is probably one of their best scoring games as a duo. You know, both scoring 37, both shooting over 50%. Kevin Durant shot 70% from the field, including a ton of contested shots. It's like in a game like this, you're just hoping that the defense can play well enough because these guys could carry you. And for whatever reason, they could never step up and then also never find the right lineup combination that could limit the Grizzlies. I think at one point I was hoping that we'd see Steve Nash just surround them with great defenders, you know, just kind of put them out there and be like, hey, you know, because like you've mentioned earlier, the spacing was horrendous for a lot of different lineups with Ben and Claxton and Ben and Sharp. And that just kind of got clogged. And you saw Memphis literally not defend those guys except when they were in the paint. Yeah, and it was a good game plan from the Memphis yeah. Grizzlies. Yeah, like Dylan Brooks, I hate with the passion. You know, that dude is just something else. But you know, I thought that Steve Nash coached relatively well tonight. I thought that he should have played 
you're gone. The Nets have a, a, a glut of wings. Yes, Markeith Morris was out, but I wanted to see more of Utah out there alongside Joe Harris, Royce and Hill. You know, the lineup that did work well was when it was Royce, Joe, Katie, Kyrie, and Clax. Yeah. Now, foul issues for all of those players at different points in time meant Steve had to make some substitutions here and there, but that's when the Nets went on some runs. And, and Joe Harris, you know, he was plus 12 on the night. He led the team in that department. He was 3-9 from the field, 2-7 from 3, but he did a lot of other good things. He had an all Awesome block on Desmond Bain. Yeah, he had two assists as well. I think he's working his way. A lot of his threes look short. I yep. think that's going to come with just his, with game conditioning. I thought he was really positive tonight. I thought maybe you know, that might have been his limit, and maybe Steve knows more I than we do. He probably does, but I think you need to have, have given Utah Watanabe a bit more of a shot. You know, six minutes, it's just like, what did he do wrong to only get that amount? It was like Markeith Morris in the first game getting three minutes and hitting a three, and it's just like, why not? Why aren't we getting more of that? Go all wings out there. Go Utah at the five alongside Ben Simmons. You know, in small moments when Ben Simmons has played at the five, I put out a tweet which probably lacked a bit of context, and that's my own fault, but when Ben Simmons has been by himself, you know, Sands, Claxon, and Sands Sharp, he's looked really positive we've sort of seen that so i think it's on steve to be a bit more experimental at times you know use the wings that are available maybe if mark if is back obviously it was only personal reasons that he was absent and it's uh, seth curry isn't going to be back yet uh and that's in the game against the bucks we got a confirmation of that yeah, mark Heath's not either they said he'll rejoin them when they're in brooklyn too my bad my bad on on that department but yeah give utah a bit more of a shot maybe throw Kess out there I, I, look that might be a, a bit too much but dayron sharp was by far the worst player tonight and that doesn't bring me joy too sad because we have a lot of belief in, in Darren Sharp and the talents that he does have. But his impact on the team overall, the fact that he was minus eight, it felt like he was a minus 88 because everything that he did out there, it was bipolar in nature. And by like, you know, the latter points of his game, you know, in those 15 minutes, it was just like Jekyll and Hyde and a lot more Hyde or whichever one is the bad one. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, you look at this game and I think backup center automatically kind of becomes an issue and it forces you to play Claxton who was in foul trouble himself and now he's playing kind of timid basketball because he's not trying to get that fifth foul or sixth foul so that really provided a problem and Sharp just wasn't good you know and I think we've talked about this a lot in the past is when you let teams get going offensively in the first half sometimes it's hard to cool them off that's when they start hitting those hard shots and Dayron was a big culprit I mean also, Patty Mills, it's pretty much just yeah. barbecue chicken for the other team when they can put Patty Mills and Dayron Sharp in a pick and roll. It's almost yeah, it, a guaranteed bucket. Tyus Jones scored, what, three straight times in the second quarter? Yeah, it's 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 a worry, Nick. It, it yeah. is a, a little bit of a worry when those two are out there. I've only got a couple of minutes. So I want to give my Ben Simmons thoughts. I think that I'm going to try and temper my expectations about him because – but what he did tonight, you, you show him the film where it's just like, this is what happens when you drive the basketball. Yeah. You create open shots for yourself and for others. He had a right-handed finish where he sort of bodied the Memphis defender. And it's just like, my guy, be aggressive. Trust yourself. Yes, it might take a little bit of time. And patience might not be the, the best thing that us Nets fans have, but I'm hoping that he does get there. But we have to judge him on what he is producing, and he's not producing a lot, Nick. He's had 17 points and 13 fouls in three games as a Brooklyn Net. And um, for a guy that's supposed to be your third start, it's not good enough. He is a glaring negative on off on offense and he's not too easy he's certainly not switched on on the defensive end right now i want it to happen hopefully the milwaukee bucks game is where it does because that's where he looked good in the preseason as well we get a bit of a, a breakout game for ben there 
But as of this point, this was a bit of a step back for Ben. Yeah, it was definitely a step back. And obviously he hinders the offense in a sense of what he can do out there and the gravity in which he does not have. And it's just creating another defender in Kyrie and Katie's way. And I think there's a great argument that Nick Claxton's probably been the third best net. And you, at times... He has you, been, Nick. There's, yeah. there's not an argument. He has been. He has been incredible to start the season. And for those that have requested it, Clack City, Clack, Clack City, bitch. <laughs> that's that's what we all needed. Maybe we needed that before the game. But Clax, it's almost more important that you put Clax out there and get him with a space lineup with Kyrie and KD than it is to play the combo of both. And obviously, you've mentioned this in the past. You know, you don't want to mess with Ben's head in terms of like his confidence. But at the same time, you have to win games. And I think there was definitely situations in this game where it might have made sense to just play clacks with, you know, the two stars and two shooters, you know, be it Royce and Joe Harris or something like that. So, And that's the lineup that I alluded to earlier, Nick, yeah. that did work. And then just maybe you tell Ben he's got to play backup five and bang a little bit. I mean, I don't – at the end of the day, he's an NBA player. There's expectations. You want him to be great, but you have to also win games. And we've talked about it the entire summer the nets need to take the regular season more serious this year and and ben i think just needs to turn up some of their definitely is a question in the confidence in his body you saw him have that contact with steven adams and kind of grab at his back and try to stretch out which always is concerning but we'll see what happens like you said maybe the milwaukee game kind of gets his gears going i feel like when he plays great defense it kind of helps him play great offense and tonight he didn't play great defense he was getting cooked by under all-star players you know desmond bain got him a couple times Uh, john moran obviously is great he's gonna get everybody but the fact is that ben just wasn't having a positive impact out there yeah look there's some music in the background but the final ben simmons thought i wanted to throw is steve nash needs to maybe throw him into the the deep end and go all right you're playing the five here and you're not getting a choice about it because He looks good there, and it forces him to bang down low, and it's going to throw him into situations where he either sinks or swim. And I think he can swim. Like, he, like not to throw so many analogies out there, but I've got confidence in Ben to hopefully put it all together. Right now, he is a sub-all-star player, and he's playing like a role player. He has superstar talent. Let's hopefully unlock it soon. Go Nets. Clack City, bitch. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to part two of the episode. I'm just going to jump through all of the players and give a quick recap of the game they had. We'll kick things off with Kyrie Irving, 37 points, 14 to 24 from the field, two of six from three, seven of eight from the free throw line, eight rebounds, five assists, two steals, two blocks, three turnovers. Kyrie, as Jack mentioned in part one, Played with great effort in this game, great energy, tried to really step up in that fourth quarter and lead the comeback. I think you give him a lot of credit for that. Only critique maybe about Kyrie in this game, there were stretches probably through the first three quarters where maybe he wasn't involved enough. Some of that, as we've talked about in the past, is you know Kyrie needing the call for the ball, but also his teammates needed getting him involved and him probably fighting off ball a little bit more and you know finding some of those openings. I think defensively, you know, the energy and effort was good. There were some great, you know, on-ball defense at times. I think uh, communication could be an issue for him once in a while with some of the switching and getting over screens. But overall, you can't complain about a 37-point performance with 58% from the field. Moving on to Royce O'Neal, 8 points, 3 of 12 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3, 3 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Royce did not have a great game. You know, there were some positives in terms of the 4 assists, grabbing a steal and 2 blocks, but overall... He was getting beat too much one-on-one in this game, especially against guys not named John Moran. You know, Desmond Bain was able to take him to the rim and move him multiple times. Also, you caught Royce O'Neal losing his man off ball, you know, be it Desmond Bain, whoever it was, kind of got caught ball watching. And then, you know, the concern going the season was how good of three-point shooter is Royce O'Neal. We saw him go 2-7 tonight, and then in that fourth quarter, there was probably a couple opportunities for him to pull the trigger. It was a little gun-shy. So something to kind of just keep an eye on, and Memphis was not really defending him with intent. So that obviously is an issue if you're already going out there with Nick Clacks and Ben Simmons, and now Royce O'Neal isn't necessarily getting the respect at the three-point line. Nick Claxton continuing his strong season, 16 points, 7-10 from the field, 2-2 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 2 blocks, did have 4 fouls and was in foul trouble this game, some of that being Memphis aggressively attacking the rim and guys getting beat off the dribble. Also having to deal with Steven Adams, who's just a beast down there. Clax obviously is going to have his issues occasionally with guys like that, but he did showcase some great things in space. You know, had a couple good possessions against John Morant, some good possessions against Desmond Bain, but also some bad ones as well. So probably not Clax's best game, but still was a positive out there for the Nets. Moving on to Kevin Durant, who was awesome tonight. 37 points, 14 of 20 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3, 8 of 9 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, with only 1 turnover. KD was locked in. In that third quarter, he missed 1 shot, pretty much kept the Nets afloat by himself for a good chunk of this game. And there really is no complaints about his game. Defensively, you know, he had some good moments, but wasn't necessarily involved in a lot of plays. You know, he was kind of off on some of the weaker players at the three-point line or whatever it might be. But overall, 
excellent performance from Kevin Durant. And, you know, with a performance like this, you expect to get a win. You know, you expect uh, the Nets to come out on top when you have somebody shooting 70% from the field and only missing, you know, six shots from the field and only having one turnover with the amount of attention he was getting. If anything, you know, you could look at this game and think that the Nets maybe needed to get him more touches, more opportunities and get that shot total up to, you know, 24, 25, maybe even 28, just because, he was knocking down everything and barely touching net. So just as Jack alluded to in part one, it's going to be a forgotten Kevin Durant performance, but still awesome to see on a nightly basis. Moving on to Ben Simmons, as Jack and I kind of finished up with seven points, two of five from the field, 0 of one from three, three of five from the free throw line, three rebounds, eight assists, one steal, and five turnovers, and obviously fouled out in 28 minutes. Just need Ben to be better. You know, in a lot of different areas, you know, there's these glimpses of things that he does out there where you're like, wow, that that could be something for this team. You know, when he did drive left and kind of I think it was Conchar and he kind of hit him with a little shoulder and then finished with his right. You know, that's going to be something that's there, especially when he has the smaller guards on him and he looks very comfortable, you know, getting to that spot, driving left right down there into the paint and then kicking out to the corner for a three or kicking out to anybody for a three. I think that's when Ben's at his best, but those passing lanes are not going to open up unless he's able to provide some pressure on the rim and take some more shots. We need to see two of five in one quarter. You know, it needs to be a bigger volume for him. And we, we've talked about in the past, rather see him go, you know, two of 10 and take a ton of layups or take a a ton of shots in the paint or go oh of 10 from the free throw line. He did go three of five, not seeing him knock down three of five felt, felt good. Because at some point it felt like he wasn't going to hit a free throw this entire season. But the biggest probably issue, because the offense hasn't necessarily been turned on for him in terms of the scoring department, was defensively. You know, he wasn't great in this game. Ja Moran obviously was a problem for him. I think Ja would potentially be a problem for almost anybody just because of his quickness and his ability to kind of slither through screens and find that open space. But Ben on lesser players was not great in this game and didn't have a big enough impact to really be you know, a defensive player of the year type candidate. So you need him to be better in that matchup with uh, the Bucks coming up this Wednesday. Moving on to Joe Harris, finished with eight points, three of nine from the field, two of seven from three, finished with five rebounds, two assists, one block, zero turnovers. Joe is still finding his footing out there, but you can see ways in which he can have a positive impact. Also just because of his level of physicality. You know, he gave a couple fouls in this game, obviously had four, but he made sure that they felt those fouls. And I think the Nets can use more guys like that. Joe also does a pretty good job off-ball setting screens for KD, you know, helping him find that open space. And also Joe does a great job of just moving without the basketball and providing another element. And Jack alluded to it on part one. A lot of his threes are short. You know, that's probably the conditioning not necessarily being 100% yet. You expect a night like this with the looks that he got. Joe is probably going to go four of seven in the future or something along those lines. So really positive to see him kind of starting to find his rhythm, get his feet under him. The Nets need that extra offensive pop. You know, obviously Kyrie and KD can give you a lot of scoring and Clax has helped in that department, but there hasn't been enough after that. You know, Royce O'Neal hasn't been great offensively in terms of knocking down shots. Joe could potentially give you that extra spark that you really need. Talking about another guy who gives a spark here and there is Patty Mills. Uh, six points, two of four from the field, two of four from three, one rebound, two assists, zero turnovers. Patty offensively has been fine this season. You know, he's not trying to do too much, Not is not turning over the basketball, shooting a great percentage from three. The issue really is defensively. He cannot defend anybody. 
He is just a traffic cone out there, especially when you try to put him on the other teams of, you know, a point guard. He's just going to get cooked in the pick and roll situation. He's going to get cooked in ISO. He's undersized. It's really a situation where he has to be hidden on a bad player and hope that the team doesn't look to attack him. If not, he can only play in spurts. So it's going to be huge when Seth Curry comes back, who's who's not really a great defender himself, but can do more than Patty Mills, who's just been really bad in that department. And talking about another guy who is pretty poor defensively, and that's Dayron Sharp. Finished with five points, two of two from the field, three rebounds, one assist, played 14 minutes with five fouls. And just looked confused out there, you know, just was unsure of where to be. And a lot of situations, he was over positioning himself. You know, you saw Steven Adams rolling to the rim. He was so worried about Adams. He wasn't presenting any threat to the ball handler in terms of shooting their layup or floater. You know, there, there was just a confusion and disconnect. And some of that, again, is Patty Mills, but also some of that is Dayron Sharp just not being an opposing force defensively. I, I don't think there's an issue finishing over him for opposing teams. So Dayron has to be better if he's going to get minutes. If not, it's going to become a situation where the Nets need to find a real backup center. And there was a concern going to the season. What could he do? Would there be matchups he could be successful? Sure. But on a nightly basis, he's not good enough to be your only option. You know, this would be a great situation to have, you know, maybe a third center where you could swap in right now. And obviously, Markeith Morris out tonight for personal reasons, potentially could have played some minutes in this game and had an impact. And maybe you remove some of those day run sharp minutes and the team is able to prevent some of those runs. But overall, it's going to be a lingering issue until either Dayron improves or the Nets find a solution in terms of trades or free agency. And talking Edmund Sumner and Utah Watanabe, um, Sumner played about three minutes, really didn't do anything, was benched pretty quickly. I think offensively, there's not a fit for him on this team when Ben Simmons, Dayron Sharp, and Nick Claxton are all in the rotation because he does not have a three-point shot. And the, the paint is just very congested. And Utah really didn't play long enough to make any type of imprint on the game. You know, it was 0-1 from 3, but really wasn't given an opportunity to be more impactful or more successful. And some of that's probably on him, but some of that's just not getting enough run. And as Jack mentioned in Part 1, it could be a scenario where maybe he could have helped with some of his length, could have helped rebound, and could have helped defensively where the Nets were horrendous. And that's really where the game was lost. And not having any level of cohesion and chemistry. And it wasn't just getting beat in pick and rolls. It was getting beat in dribble handoffs. It was getting beat on off-ball screens. You know, backdoor cuts were really successful for uh, Memphis in this game. And just too many times you saw the Nets lose the guy who they couldn't lose or just lose the shooter or two guys are going to one guy and now Brandon Clark's got an easy floater or layup at the rim. There was just too many mistakes for an entire game. You know, you can deal with them for a quarter, but the fact is that it happened, as we talked about, two times where the Nets were just cooked defensively. 39 points for Memphis in the first and 45 for them in the third. And the Nets held Memphis to 25 in both the second and fourth quarter. It shows you that there was a potential for them to be at least okay defensively in this game. And somewhere in between, you know, 25 and 39 is fine, but anything over 35 pretty much takes you out of a chance to win the game unless you're going nuclear from three, and the Nets weren't. So not great defensively. There was not progress. Offensively, we saw some great stretches in this game, especially in the first half. A lot of great passing, a lot of great ball movement and player movement. Memphis made some adjustments, but also... The bigger issue was the defense and the fouling, and that's something the Nets are going to have to get better at moving forward. But overall, 
It's game three. The Nets are one and two. We move on to Wednesday against Milwaukee and see what happens from there. As always, big thanks everybody for listening and check out the buzz on all streaming platforms. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.